Many of you know that I was baptized as an infant in the Lutheran Church where the minister taught a gospel that was far different than what Jesus Christ taught. Thankfully, I still had benefits from membership in the church because the Lutheran Church in America at the time had weekly Bible readings from the Old Testament, the epistles, and the gospels. It had liturgy that was biblically based with confession of sin and of God's mercy found in Christ and had Sunday school teachers who had learned the truth of God's word from a young age themselves and still taught it, often not realizing the minister disagreed with what they taught. I also had parents who taught my siblings and me the Ten Commandments, the Lord's Prayer, and the Nicene Creed. As a result, when I was in eighth grade and began to consider my sinfulness, I knew to pray at night as I went to sleep what I had been taught at a young age the Lord's Prayer. I also had friends at school who asked me to participate in Bible discussions, and I began to read the the book of Matthew. The Holy Spirit convinced me of my need for Christ as I read the Sermon on the Mount and realized that I deserved to be punished in hell for hating my brother and for other sins. After a few weeks or months, I committed my life to Christ And I made a promise to God to read the Bible for 30 minutes a day for the rest of my life. I had heard a speaker suggest 5 or 10 minutes a day and thought that did not seem enough. You may think 30 minutes is not enough, and I do not mean to suggest that God specifies a particular amount of time. But God does point out that knowing his word is very important to the Christian. Consider what Jeremiah preached as recorded in Jeremiah 9, chapters, uh, chapter 9, verses 23 to 24. Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Likewise, consider Psalm 19, where we read about God's law. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, the much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. And Colossians 3, 16, as well as Hebrews 6, 11 through 13. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And then, let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. I could read many more passages in the Bible that endorse knowing God's word. I trust that you see that it's good to read it yourselves, as long as you are able. Know how should, now, um, sorry, how should we read the Bible each day? 
I strongly encourage you to read it devotionally, not merely as a tool for learning about God intellectually. Learning about God intellectually is good and can lead to good things. But it's not enough to merely learn it intellectually. When we know God, we are in a covenant with Him. The relationship is personal. God and you understand each other. God and you know each other. Consider how David viewed God as identified in First and Second Samuel and in the Psalms. He wrote, he, he looked to God for help, for protection, for guidance, for forgiveness, for instruction, and for comfort. He approached God personally in an experiential way. I'll just comment here. You may remember last week when Pastor Bringing was teaching about American Presbyterianism where there were some people, some ministers who were concerned that other ministers were not experiencing this covenantal relationship with God. And it actually created quite a division, but they came back together because both things are important, the knowledge and the experience. They're both important. Of my siblings, only one remained a member in the liberal Lutheran church. When one of his daughters was to be confirmed and my family was invited, I told my brother that I was concerned about taking my children to hear liberal teaching. He wisely suggested I speak to his pastor. And During the subsequent phone conversation with that minister, I could tell this man had memorized more scripture than anyone, ever, anyone else I ever met. With every point I made, this minister quoted the Bible, and he did so quickly without any time to look it up. At the end, when the minister understood my Reformed perspective, he assured me that my children would not hear anything contrary to it. We went, and at the completion of the sermon, I reckoned that the minister was right, that I had not heard anything contrary to what the Bible taught. In fact, the minister said nothing that I think anyone could disagree with. It lacked any real value. I did not sense that this minister had any friendly intimacy with God, though he knew the word of God in and out. When you read the Bible, I recommend you follow a pattern that my minister in New Jersey taught once in a sermon. I think he attributed this to Martin Luther, though I don't know that Martin Luther ever came up with an acrostic as my pastor did, and I'm going to give you now. He recommended using the word lamp when reading the Bible. Lamp, where L stands for learn. A stands for adore. M stands for mourn. Mourn in the sense of like someone who has a relative who died and is mourning over missing that person. Um, in this case, mourning over our sins. And then the P is pray. I think it could be good to think of petitions there, but I'm going to add to that and say that we should remember to give thanks to God. Um, We want to give thanks to God in Christ. That thanksgiving is not part of the acrostic unless you include it as part of prayer. Um, But you do want to remember to do that. Before and as you read the Bible... Ask God to teach you so that you can learn about God, about his duty for, that he has for you, about yourself, and about others. 
I typically like to read the Psalms as I get started because they help me to pray. They help me to speak to God and ask for him to teach me. After you learn from the Bible, then adore God for what you have learned about him. For example, praise him for his loving kindness and grace that he has extended to you through Jesus Christ. After you learn from the Bible, mourn before God your sin nature and your actual sins. Confess your sin to God. Before I go on, do you know how to confess your sin to God? What do you do when you sin and you feel you need to ask God for forgiveness? Barb? So you've recognized you've broken the, one of the Ten Commandments and you tell him that? Is that what you... You agree with God it's wrong, and you tell him so. Right. Would you say we repent of specific sins? Yes. Yes. We can confess generally as well, but we do not want to forget to confess specifically. And uh, also I think we need to acknowledge not just that we sinned, but that Jesus Christ died for that sin. That's part of our confession. We don't want to just acknowledge our sin and be left in a very sad and difficult state. Um, And that gets into this uh, whole idea of mourning. We do want to mourn over our sins, um, but we also want to uh, acknowledge that Christ died for those sins and give thanks to him for that. That makes it very real to us. I know we've been through this many times before, but there are people in the Bible who recognize intellectually that they were sinners, but they didn't put their trust in Christ. Uh, can you think of any? Barb? Judas. Yeah, Judas, certainly. He recognized he had turned against Christ. And look at everything he had seen Christ do, you know, all the miracles, all the testimonies that Christ gave of who he was. Judas knew those things. Judas even taught those things. He was baptizing people. And yet, when he came to confess his sin, he didn't acknowledge that Christ died for him. Instead, he went and killed himself. His mourning had gone to the point of despair. We don't want to get to that point with this mourning. We want to mourn, but we want to recognize that Christ delivered us from it. And so we give thanks to him. That's all part of this confession that you want to remember. So as we praise and confess, pray to God, giving thanks to him. I think we need to remember to give thanks in all things and for all things. We read in Ephesians 5 and we read in 1 Thessalonians 5 uh, to give thanks for all things and to give thanks in all things. Those can be dif- that can be very difficult to do. We may go through some emotional difficulties. You know, maybe someone, uh, d- you know, uh, may have done something that offended us, and emotionally that's ha- hard on us. Or we may go through actual persecution physically, um, and we need to give thanks to God for it because He has a purpose for it. We need to recognize that, right? Um, so always be thankful as hard as it may seem at the time. 
Anyway, I've given you this concept of lamp, and I want to practice it. In fact, that's what most of the lesson is going to be, practicing it. So if you can turn to Romans 8, and I want to start by praying, asking God to teach us. Heavenly Father, please teach us as we read thy word and help us to make this concept a habit in our own lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So Romans 8, and we'll begin with verse 26 and go to the end of the chapter. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses, for we do not, do not know what we should pray as we ought, But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, these he also called. Whom he called, these he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, we ask God to teach us from this passage. Did you learn anything from this passage about God? There is. And so, in other words, what you're saying, there's a lot about God. Do you want to use this? Yes. Yes, it does refer to, it refers to what Christ did to suffer for us, that aspect of our justification. Yes. Very good. He's interceding for us. Is anyone else interceding for us? The Holy Spirit, good. So we do learn something interesting, don't we? The two persons of the Godhead 
are interceding for us. I think in two different ways. You know, there's an emphasis on the Holy Spirit interceding to help us with what we should pray. And the Lord Jesus Christ interceding on the, and because without his intercession, we wouldn't be accepted in God's sight. Anything else? Well, what does God teach us about ourselves in this passage? Yeah, we are more than conquerors through Christ who loved us. What does that tell you about? I mean, this is kind of a mixture of what God does and what man does, right? How is it that we're conquerors? It's not through our own work. It's through Christ working in us, isn't it? That's the implication there. Yeah. Good, very good. So we are more than conquerors. What is it we're conquering? Can you tell from the context? Uh-huh. So what is that referring to practically? What do we wrestle with ourselves? There's temptations. And what kind of temptations are we facing? Some are teaching, right? We get bad teachings coming at us a lot. Um, Yeah. So those are things we are conquerors over as we trust in Christ. And that's, again, why it's important for us to know God's word, right? There's also temptations on how we live. You know, you know, are we living according to God's commandments? And we need to ask God for strength to do that. Do we do that in our flesh? I think as you read earlier on in this passage, you see it's the Holy Spirit that's working in us, right? It's when we are living by the Spirit that we're more than conquerors. Very good point. Was there anything else about ourselves? Good, yeah. So we are loved. And again, that's kind of two things, isn't it? What God does, he's loving us, and what we do, we're receiving that love. But that's important to say that, Ali, I agree, that we're receiving that love. Yeah. And if we are with Christ, we cannot be condemned or separated from the Uh-huh. Very good. So we cannot be separated from it. So what can we do with regard to the A in LAMP, having learned these things? What was A? A door, yes. Barb? Praise Him for the blessings He's given us, which include the things that were mentioned, right? The love He has for us. Praise Him for interceding for us in the two different ways. Um, And praise him for working in us through his spirit so that we are more than conquerors. These are good things. Um, 
I think we could also remember some things that are implied in this passage too. Praise God for his omnipotence because all things do work out, work together for good for those of us who love him and are called according to his purpose. Right? So there's that sense of omnipotence. We can praise God for his character that we see uh, you know, impl- implied here. Very good. And how about when we see ourselves, why, why should we mourn? Is there anything that we've learned about ourselves in this passage that we should mourn about? Yes, very good. And that's why the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, right? Yes, very good. So we mourn over that, that we, that we don't even know how to pray, right? Um, anything else? Barb? So there's an implication potentially that someone's doubting as they read this, that they doubt it. Right. Right. And particularly since Paul sees the need to remind the Romans, right? There are people doubting it, and so they need to be reminded. And that could be each of us as we read this. We need that reminding, and so we could mourn. Very good point. Yeah. Anything else? Barb? Okay. We don't act like we're more than conquerors. We doubt his love. Yes, that's all implied here. Yes, very good. Um, and what did we see that we deserved here? Didn't we see that we deserved to be condemned? Um, so we can mourn over that. But again, don't stop there. What is it you need to remember when you see that mourning over such things? Don't be like Judas. What do you need to do next? Repent and trust in Christ. And how do we express that trust? Yes, we rest in him. How do we express that rest? Well, there's, there's a verbal expression of how you live in life. Uh-huh. There's ha- I don't know exactly what Yeah, it's what I was talking about earlier. That's what I'm trying to pull out of you. Uh, thanking him. Yeah. We give thanks to him because that makes it real to us. You're thanking him. You're really saying, this is mine. I've received it. Yeah. And then we can pray. So what can you pray at this point? Having learned these things, praised God, and mourned over your th- these things and thanked him, what can you pray? Yeah, so you're adding, actually, and that's fine. That's good, because 
you, if you're actually experiencing this being more than conquerors, you are going to want others to share in the same experience, aren't you? So you can pray for others. I was thinking more directly, pray for ourselves that we would be more than conquerors, right? The things you learned about yourself and need help on, ask for those things. Yeah. And I will take a moment to pray, but do you have any questions about this? Any comments? Maybe things you want to share yourself about your own experiences reading the Bible devotionally? Okay. I'm going to add one. My, my wife's not offering it, but uh, she likes to read through the Bible every year, and she follows one of these programs. I think it differs every year, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but, but she has that, and that helps her. Um, and, and uh, you know, so it, every individual is going to do something different. That's my point. And feel free to come up with what works for you and God. Because we have liberty there. The general principle is get to know God, read his word, and do so devotionally. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for teaching us that you do intercede for us in these two ways that we described and that you do love us and that you did send your son, Jesus Christ, to die for us out of that love and that you have made us more than conquerors. We thank you that you teach us that we too can be conquerors over the disinformation we receive and over the temptations on how to live. Thank you for your spirit. uh, Please help us with that. Um, We adore thee for who you are. We adore you for your omnipotence. We praise you for your glory and your decrees and for giving us your Holy Spirit. Please help us as we acknowledge our own weaknesses to give thanks to Thee for Jesus Christ who died for those sins and those weaknesses that we might uh, live in Christ and live with the hope of everlasting life being more than conquerors. So please help us to be more than conquerors. Please help us to have confidence that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And please uh, help us to share this with others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.